Hello and welcome to IT Tech Talk. I'm your host, Joel Ward. In a few seconds, Justin Simpson will be joining me to discuss SpaceX Starship uh, and SpaceX uh, missions to the Mars and possibly the moon and different other things. So tune in to find out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to IT Tech Talk. I'm your host, Joel Ward. And with me, joining me again is Justin Simpson. Justin, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Man, it's so great to be back, Joel. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. And just so everybody knows, um, Justin was on uh, previously talking about SpaceX. If you haven't heard that episode, which has been getting a lot of rave reviews from friends of mine, uh, please turn in to hear that on Spotify. It's on YouTube uh, and it's also on Apple Podcasts. So please tune in to hear that. Uh, Justin, we are going to be going over uh, some more about SpaceX, but mainly Starship. And so uh, I want you to start off by uh, giving us an intro in Starship and, and telling us a little bit more about it. Awesome. So I want to say again, thanks, Joel, for having me. And for our listeners, if you've not heard the previous episode that Joel mentioned, mm-hmm. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that because we're going to kind of just pick up and keep mm-hmm. going through and not give a whole history of SpaceX. But probably one of SpaceX's more interesting projects right now is what they call Starship. And Joel, like we've talked about before, I personally think that this is probably the most exciting piece of technology that is going to be in our lifetimes. I really believe that. Um, there's never been a vehicle that's been created like this, and it's just astounding. Um, Elon Musk has taken uh, what he has learned through rocket reusability and being able to upscale things to a larger scale for bigger and better visions that he has and built it all into Starship. So Starship is basically a two-stage rocket, and it is fully reusable. Now, this is important because right now, SpaceX is doing an incredible job of landing their first cores on their Falcon family of rockets. Uh, But this one is going to be completely reusable. This is essential for the vision that Elon Musk has in mind. He wants to be able to take uh, humanity and make it a multi-planetary species. In order to do that, you have to do cost reduction, and that is where Starship has come through. Starship, when built, will be the biggest rocket, not only in size, but in what it can carry ever built in human history. It will completely decimate the Saturn V rocket that took us to the moon. And to put this in perspective, so Starship will be about 400 feet tall when it is fully stacked, 400 feet tall. It's going to be 30 feet in diameter. Now, Mm -hmm. compare that to the Saturn V Mm -hmm. rocket. Saturn V rocket was over 300 feet tall. Um, but by comparison, the Saturn V could carry uh, about 51 tons to what we call LEO or low Earth orbit. Starship is going to be able to over double that at 111 tons to low Earth orbit. Now, why is that important? Not only is the rocket reusable, but it can take a ton of cargo with it. And with Elon Musk's idea of taking this to Mars, you need to be able to take a lot of stuff with you. And it's just it's incredible how he has developed this mm-hmm. with this whole purpose of being able to take humanity to Mars. Um, so the, the rocket is incredible, has an upper and lower stage. The whole rocket is called Starship, but also the upper part where passengers and cargo would be uh, using to transport to the moon, to Mars, things like that. That piece by itself is also called Starship. So not to confuse our listeners, the whole thing is called Starship and the upper stage is called Starship. The upper stage right now is they are currently testing in Boca Chica, Texas, incredible piece of machinery. It's um, powered Mm -hmm. by six Raptor engines. And then the lower stage is called the big booster. And that booster is right now slated to have approximately 28 
engines on it, 28 of these Raptor engines. And what's unique about these engines wow. is that they actually are powered by methane and liquid oxygen as opposed to um, rocket fuel, which is typically like a kerosene with a liquid oxygen additive. Um, so this is the importance behind this is that this can be potentially manufactured on Mars. Overall, Joel, this is an incredible, an incredible vehicle. I mean, it's like nothing we've ever seen before. Now, can I, uh, can I uh, cut in real quick? So methane, this is something new. This is, this is, this isn't even being used by NASA, correct? That's correct. Yep. Okay. Okay. So the fact that it's something new and it's, it's being tested. So, and I actually, I think we talked about this in the last episode, like you really should tune in to hear that. Um, but, um, methane is what's on Mars. So he's hoping that he can refuel this on Mars. Correct. That is exactly right, Joel. So Mars has a very methane-dense atmosphere. Obviously, the atmosphere is not habitable for humans yet. But the idea is, is that potentially um, for a in preparation to a human landing, a starship could arrive, deliver supplies, including equipment that could basically pull the methane out of the atmosphere and then eventually turn that into rocket fuel. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, and like I said, it's, it's very odd to see the rocket industry deviate from standard practice. Now, this is Elon's famous story. He does everything brand new and different. But even like you said, with that rocket fuel selection, nobody's ever done methane before. Nobody had a desire to. It's easier to yeah. do what we've always done. But if you want to go to Mars, methane is the key. Now, this is something totally off topic from the rocket. Um, and it's kind of like a thing. Um, there's a video game I used to play called Red Faction. Uh, and Red Faction was based on going to Mars and terraforming Mars and making it breathable. Now, terraforming, is that something you could see Elon Musk be like, I haven't heard him talk about, it, but terraforming Mars and like creating breathable air, is that something that's feasible or is that something that's more science fiction? I know this is top off topic, but is that something you can see happening? So um, it's it's definitely still in the science fiction era. Although Elon has been quite verbal about this um, several years back, and I don't I don't have a date on this one for you, Joel. But there was actually a a passing comment that Elon made, and he again he was looking at in order to get um, an, a breathable atmosphere. Obviously, you need oxygen nitrogen mm -hmm. content. The poles of Mars actually we believe to have frozen ice on them. And so Elon Musk being the kind of crazy person he was like, oh, that's easy. We just need to get that up in the air. So he's like, well, and literally he said, we'll nuke Mars. You threw a couple of nuclear warheads on the poles, you blast it up in the air. And again, the idea is that that would not leave the, the, um, the pool of the planet, but actually kind of reside in the atmosphere. Now, I think that's a little bit far-fetched to be, to be honest with you. What I would see is kind of a progressive terraforming activity. And, and most times this plays out looking like, um, progressing from buildings to domes to maybe portions of the plant that be available. But Elon's overall goal, and of course, this technology doesn't even exist yet, would be to make that completely habitable where you wouldn't need a spacesuit to go out. You, you wouldn't need to reside in a dome. But again, that is a long, long way away. But Starship, again, is the, the ticket to at least getting us steps towards it. Yeah. And, and, uh... I, I think uh, just, just even hearing about Starship itself, it's just in my lifetime, I'm only 30 and, and I know you've lived a little bit longer than I have, but like just, just, just a little just bit, even, I'm 33. It's all good. Just, just, <laughs> Don't yes, me no, that but, mad, Joel. but still, uh, no, but I mean, you're, you, you still live, you know, three more, three years longer than me. And so, you, you know, it, it's even our lifetime. I never thought I would see the possibility of Mars. Like I know years ago, I remember I, you can remember this. People always thought we're going to Mars. We're going to Mars. But like NASA, 
it just didn't seem feasible because they were not pushing for it. And then here comes Elon Musk. And all of a sudden, you've got a whole different mindset, and now he's pushing for it. He's got the ability to it. And and unlike all these other uh, companies out there, he's actually achieving it. He could achieve this by – I think – I don't know if you gave me a date in the last episode, but he could actually achieve this by maybe the twenty next year or the year after that. It, it, we could be in Mars. I, I think – and this is just me shooting from the hip based on how I'm seeing things progress with their testing. I, I think it's realistic to think that by 2025, and I think even that is being very conservative, maybe a couple years before, mm-hmm. I think Elon will have an unmanned version of Starship land. I, I think that's very feasible. Um, I think it's going to be probably 2025 or a little bit after until you see humans take that trip. But I I do see Elon saying, okay, we're going to send Starship and that will be kind of like the shakedown. But again, if we're going to send it that far, we're going to fill it up with supplies and, you know, basically do a supply run. But Elon has said, obviously, I said, this is all brand new. And uh, he's even said, you know, when you send the first load of people over there, like you understand that there's there's two really good possibilities. One, you're going to die. And two, it might be a one-way trip. You, You don't know. Um, again, that's not the overall goal. The goal is two years at a time, but, uh, it's still, I mean, he's taking steps and you brought NASA and I want to speak to that really quick. You know, I, I got to give props to NASA NASA has done incredible things for us, but the mindset of NASA, and you kind of alluded to this is very different from the mindset of Elon Musk. Elon Musk carries more of a business, a Silicon Valley mindset. And we're going to talk about mm-hmm. the testing for Starship in a moment. You see it all through how they test it. Elon wants to build tons and tons of prototypes, mm-hmm. whereas NASA will build one rocket and make sure it's fully functional. So NASA has been working on the SLS system for a while now, and they're making steps. But again, it's just not coming anywhere close, in my opinion, to what Elon Musk is doing. Um, reusability aside, cost aside, just with basic functionality, um, I, I think Elon Musk has it. And that's why I think you're going to see him take meaningful steps towards these goals. Yeah. And, and I know we're going to talk about the testing phase, but just thinking about it, just thinking about like how how far he's taken this. Now, you were just talking about um, him sending stuff to Mars as a as a, as a as a mission to drop supplies, would that mission mean that he would drop supplies, they would unload themselves and they would be there for when the mission actually happens? Is that what, is that what I'm kind of getting from that? That's correct. And I think that the, the most ideal scenario, if it went perfectly would be not that they just deliver, but that starship returns. Um, but again, there's a lot of ifs in that, but that, that would be the main goal is that it'd be able to go out and then return back. But yes, I see that happening not just simply one time, it probably will take several trips. But ultimately the goal is, so Joel, once this thing is proven out and Mm -hmm. once this thing, you know, you've got supplies waiting for you and we're ready to send people. um, Basically the the goal is, and this this may change a little bit over time, but right now Starship is able to take a hundred tons of cargo. So the idea is that you could take a hundred people and you each get one ton of cargo with you. And they're like, man, that's a ton. That's, That's a lot. But like, this is going to be everything. This is going to be your living space. This is going to be the equipment you need. This is going to be your survival stuff. So that's the idea is that you can send a hundred people at once. And I just, I see a lot of benefit and merit to that. Um, If you really want something to grow and prosper, 
you need a lot of people. Um, you need a lot of hats. You need a lot of specialities. Mm-hmm. You need a lot of talent on skill on that trip. And uh, quite honestly, you need some redundancy too, because um, you, you don't know what kind of things are going to come up. So I think it's fantastic. Um, and I kind of want to backpedal a little bit of what this will mm-hmm. actually look like. And then we'll talk about testing a bit. So, so when this actually launches, uh, the idea is that uh, the booster takes up um, the starship on top and then it detaches very much like we see with the Falcon rocket. The mm-hmm. booster comes back and lands itself and then the starship stays in Earth mm-hmm. orbit. While it is there, that same booster will launch multiple more times with a similar starship on top, but this one's just a tanker. All it has is fuel. You understand to get something that heavy into low Earth orbit, by the time it gets there, it's basically dry. It's used all of its fuel. So the booster sends up more tankers. It refills starships, so it's full, and then Starship heads out to Mars. This is a great video that SpaceX has produced kind of illustrating this. Um, But that's kind of the idea that they're aiming for is you launch, you refill, refuel and then you send out um and again just the technology that he's pursuing you get a window once every two years that's a great opportune time to go to mars and originally it's taken us eight or nine months to get to mars we've gotten it down to six months and i think elon's goal is to get it closer down to about 60 to 90 days in order to do that you need a lot of fuel Um, but again if you've got 100 people to feed Mm -hmm. um you you want to be there's a there's a there's a benefit ratio to be considered there because again it's not fuel just to get you there it's space it's a vacuum so if you speed up you also need the equivalent fuel almost to slow you back down and to retrofire you but that's his goal we'll see how it plays out but yeah it's it's very very exciting so right now SpaceX's main test site for this is their own um, their own site in Boca Chica Texas um, and you can follow this you can watch their progress mm-hmm. um, they have up to this point they have built ten. 10 of these starships already. Um, and most of them have had uh, untimely ends. It's testing, it's prototyping. Uh, but recently, just last week, uh, we were actually able to see the first starship launch and land vertically on its own. Went up, uh, flew to an altitude of, uh, uh, I, I only say it's like um, several kilometers, like 30 kilometers and came back down and landed. Uh, but incredible, this is the first time they landed. Now, after it landed, full, full disclosure, about 10 minutes later, it blew up. Um, but still be able to launch this thing and land it. Oh. They're making incredible strides towards it. And what's fascinating, Joel, we, we talked about the mindset. So serial number 10, Starship 10, just launched and landed and blew up. Starship 11 and then 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19 are already being built as we speak. So he's got like a whole list of them sitting there in the factory floor, if you will. And like, okay, this one doesn't work. Cool. We're going to modify this one, send it back out. We'll test it, see how this one does. And it's it's not that haphazard, you, you understand. Mm-hmm. But again, the difference in mindset, we can rapidly prototype and figure out where this is going to go. And again, this is costly. Elon Musk knows this, but Elon sees this has got extreme marketability into how this thing can be used, not only for Mars, but for Moon and even for some other exciting stuff that we'll talk about later. Yes, definitely. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. So the fact, I, I didn't even know that. So he has starships that are being built. So every time he fails on something, he's just pushing out a new new part to try and make that better. Uh, and, and you know, one of the things that people uh, seem to overlook at Elon Musk is, where one area he fails in, he changes that to adapt to try again. And and you know what? I I, I to all the haters out there who say I, I can't stand Elon Musk because of this and that and third, I phenomenally support the guy because 
One, he every time he does something, especially with Tesla or SpaceX or the Boring Company or whatever he does, he seems to reevaluate and like, wait, what if we did this? What if we change this and we failed at this? So let's do this. And, and I've seen him on Twitter just constantly changing his role, changing how he does things. And, and that's what's made him successful. And that's what makes Starship, you know, it's knowing that, knowing that he has multiple Starships out there waiting to launch, but he's probably not launching getting them ready until he has the idea. Oh my goodness, that one didn't work. Okay, so let's change the fins. Let's change the, the microchips. Let's change all this. And I'm sure he, every time he fails at something, he goes over logistics and what happened. And I'm sure they do the, the black box and make sure everything on that rocket, what happened happened uh to change it in the next rocket because he's not just going to send the same thing up so that's phenomenal he's doing all that um now going back to um i want to ask you um going back to it um is this actually this is more of a question towards the astronauts is this going to be a nasa funded mission is nasa going to send their own people up or is elon musk in charge of picking the crew uh, that's i don't know if you know that or or if that's something you can attest to so as of right now, to the best of my knowledge, NASA has no interest in this pertaining to Mars. And I want to make that caveat. To Mars, they're not interested. They still plan on using their own vehicle and uh, basically progress with what the plans they have already. That being said, NASA has a very keen interest in this for the moon. So recently, NASA announced that they wanted to be able to send humans and supplies and do more landed missions on the moon. And similarly to how they have subcontracted out to resupply missions to the International Space Station, they reached out to companies and said, give us your best design. And it's very interesting because all these other designs that were coming out from Blue Origin and several other people are an upgraded moon lander. It's, it's what we would expect to see. It's got the spider legs and it's definitely improved, but same thing. And Elon just said, well, I got Starship. It needs like a fraction of the fuel to get us there. We'll just put that up there. And it's crazy because that vehicle is oversized it's it's like um it would be like sending a semi truck to load up your apartment for a move i mean like it's oversized but the beauty of this is, is that if you want to send a ton of equipment rather than multiple launches we'll do it for you in one so nasa has expressed interest in that um, but mm -hmm. not necessarily mars i honestly think that once elon has successes with that um, I think you're going to see something very similar to like what happened with the International Space Station. SpaceX proved that they could deliver supplies, then they got contracts for astronauts. I think when they get success with Mars, I could easily see a complete NASA mission or even like a partial. Like, wouldn't it be cool like if you were relocating to Mars, there's 100 people on board and 20 of those people are NASA astronauts there to do exploration while you sit there and build a life and, uh, you know, actually colonize Mars. So I, I could see that happening. But as of right now, um, NASA does not have any intentions for astronaut crew or anything like that. So my anticipation would be with that, uh, Elon Musk and his team would go through that sorting process of who is to go and uh, things like that. But the key thing is, and I, I don't want to keep rambling, the key thing here is that um, that opens up a lot more doors of opportunity for common people. I mean, common people, but, and that's Elon's mm -hmm. ultimate goal is like, you don't have to be an astronaut to go into space. If you have a desire to go to Mars, we're going to try to make this affordable for you to go. And we're going to try to make a space for you to go and do a fresh start. And right now, Elon's goal eventually mm -hmm. is, and again, this is going to be several iterations down the road, but his target price tag on this is if you want to go to Mars, it's going to cost about eventually about a quarter of a million dollars. Now, that sounds like a lot of money, but his idea is if you want to go to Mars, sell your house, sell your car, and probably between those assets, you probably could afford a ticket to go.
So he's trying to make it accessible. And I have a great appreciation so, for that. Yeah. And that's awesome. Uh, and, and so the, actually my, my question, I know this isn't in our notes, but is Elon Musk going once he, if he colonizes Mars, is that going to be, cause no one really owns the planets. Is he going to claim that as NASA has no, if NASA doesn't go and it's all his people, is that going to be an Elon Musk corporation owned <laughs> uh, planet or is it going to be an earth, like an earth transfer? Like he's going to like, I claim this in the name of earth. Like this is earth's planet. So uh, I, I, it's kind of, it's kind of like, I was thinking, I was like, man, I wonder what he's going to do. Is he going to put a flag saying this is Elon Musk's like endeavors or what, what do you think? What do you think on that matter? Joe, I can't wait to find out. Um, I, I'll be honest; like, I don't, I don't see him being anti-American about it. I think there'll be an American flag, but at the same time, if he's got the only landable star base on Mars, you better believe that thing's going to be profitable for him. I mean, like, if he's putting billions of dollars into this, I mean, like, I mean, welcome to Musk's Starbase One on Mars. So, I mean, um, I, I could definitely see it happening. So, I think it's going to be. Um, I, I don't think. Politically, I, I I think it's be more of honestly. I don't think it's going to be more of an American thing. I think it's gonna be like we are humanity arriving, and we happen to represent the United States. Mm -hmm. But then I definitely think it's going to be a, a tremendous amount of commercial interest in there for for Elon, of course. So definitely, that'd be cool to see. Though I'm awesome. I'm eager so, to see. So that. let's talk. Oh yeah. So let's talk about um, trans. Well, first off, I sent you a link to the um motel they're playing in space and so there's so much more space stuff happening but but not just that so let's talk about space travel for example M mars elon musk puts a base on mars and it's it's able to um shoot rockets back and forth and we are able to transport people back and forth between earth and mars and even the moon even if the moon was a stopping point as a tourist destination wh what do you foresee this being like if we get space travel to be but like back and forth and we can make this plausible every single day of the year. Is this something you foresee getting cheaper for people to do or staying the same cost effective? Cause if average Joe like me wants to go and visit my fam my new family on Mars, but I don't have $500,000, you know, what is it going to be? Is it going to be like futuristic where we're sending people from a space station to or to the space station to Mars? I mean, what 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 do you think is going to happen with that? I think probably for the rest of our lives, unless things really advance, I think more of Mars is going to be more of colonization and more of not a tourist destination unless you've got big bucks. But again, uh, going to Mars is not like you mentioned, like you can't go there every single day of the year. It's once every two years we get a window. So until we figure out that limitation, which would be very costly and, and foolish as far as fuel consumption, I don't see that happening. Mm -hmm. I see that more of people wanting a fresh start, research scientists, astronauts, things like that. The moon, on the other hand, and low Earth orbit, like we talked about for a, um, a space bound hotel. Uh, oh, yeah, I think you're going to see that um, evolve quite a bit. And again, I can also potentially see, again, this has not been announced, but I could see this particular rocket starship being an asset to that because it's so affordable to fly. I mean, it literally is. And um, like I said, I was really encouraged. We talked about the moon a little bit. Um, I think that as, uh, as that progresses, again, with SpaceX getting this potential contract for using the starship as a moon lander, I think that's going to become more and more accessible. I think you could see that as a very high-end tourist destination eventually. 
Um, again, get some infrastructure on there. Um, you can use the moon as a stopping point. Although right now, I think what Elon has in mind is I really don't need the moon. I can go straight to Mars with Starship. But also NASA is putting in the the, the gateway, which is a smaller station. It's going to orbit the moon to make these kind of missions more feasible. So you have a stop place there where you can stop and then go up and down from the moon more easily. So it's really exciting. And I, I think you're talking about cheapening things. I think even one more aspect that uh, I know we wanted to talk about is even beyond Mars and beyond the moon, um, as they were looking through ways that Starship could be used was what they call Earth to Earth. And and Joel, this has fascinated me. Mm-hmm. So basically, Elon said, I've got this rocket that I'm playing for Mars. Oh, by the way, I can go to the moon. But oh, by the way, we could also use this to transport people on the other side of the Earth. So let me give you an example. Right now, if you wanted to fly from, let's say, New York to Sydney, one of the longest routes to fly by air, it takes 16 plus hours to get there. It's a long, uncomfortable flight, okay. and you're paying a big a big ticket price for that. Elon comes along and says, you know what? If I launch a Starship straight up and not put in orbit, just kind of go up, hit perigee and apogee and come back down, you know, we could get somebody there in a half an hour. And so now Elon is preparing to use Starship to basically be an airline, a high-speed airline that can get you there super quickly. The whole concept is, again, if you want to get to major destinations, you can't have a rocket landing in the middle of a city. That doesn't work. But if you have a place that has Mm -hmm. access to water, you basically build a landing pad out in the water, maybe a half mile, mile off of shore. So passengers would arrive by boat, they would board the spacecraft, they'd launch up, and then basically the whole thing's reusable. So the booster lands back where it came from, Starship lands vertically at the destination, and they've actually plotted course maps for this. This would be all... Yeah, this would be all weather permitting, though, because you couldn't do this in rough weather, rough seas kind of thing, right? That is correct. Um, I I think that will be the limiting... uh, factor to it but still it's pretty exciting mm-hmm. that you could bypass a 16 hour flight and go for a 34 minute flight and arrive at yeah. your destination where i also see this going joel is again you think about business class people that can afford this and elon's tossed around some ideas that maybe this would cost maybe four times the amount of what a long distance plane ticket costs now so it would be salty but at the same mm-hmm. time, if I'm there and I save 15 hours of my life, I'm interested in if I got the money to afford. The other thing I see as well is mm-hmm. um, people that would like to have an opportunity to go into space. Right now, the only couple of companies that do commercial space flight are like Virgin Galactic or Blue Origin. And both of those seats are very, very costly. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a quarter of a million dollars to be in space for a few minutes. Um, and I could see people turning to this mm-hmm. and say, well, it's a destination flight, but I could afford that to get my, to get my opportunity to, to go into space. And I, I think you and I've had this conversation. I haven't said this from the show, Joel, but um, my personal goal is I'm 33. By the time I turned 40, my goal is that I will have gone into space. That, that is my personal goal. I, I want to be able mm-hmm. to be a space tourist. Just to say that I've seen Earth from orbit or close to orbit, I think that is a, an awe-inspiring event that I want to personally have my life. And I think that this or other options will be available to do it. It's just incredible what he's come up with, Joel. I mean, it's fascinating. Yeah. Now, I know this is not in our notes either. And when you said it, I was like, I was curious because I've never even heard of it. Gateway. Could you talk a little bit more about Gateway? I'm sure I actually, when I asked questions um, in the previous episode, there was people who were like, oh man, I'm glad you asked that because I didn't even know about that. So Gateway. Can you talk about Gateway, the halfway point between the moon stuff? Can we talk about that for a second? Absolutely. So think of 
a rough way to explain Gateway would be like the International Space Station of the Moon. It's a smaller size space station that stays in orbit around the moon. And the idea is it's a, a stop holder um, that's fully manned that allows access to and from the lunar surface very quickly. Because right now, okay. if we go to the moon, we have to get in orbit, land, come back in orbit, and come home. We can't stay there. So this would, re- would allow research opportunities. The other cool thing, though, is, Joel, is the, the lunar gravity is hardly anything. So it, it doesn't cost much fuel-wise to go up and down from the lunar surface. So it's potential that, like, you know, like, you're in the gateway in the station. Like, oh, I need to go down there. I want to run some experience, experiments today. You could hop on a shuttle, go down, and come back. And there's no atmosphere. It's nothing. It's just a little bit of fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that will provide opportunities, particularly in the early stages, where, um, you know, we don't have quite the infrastructure on the surface yet. It will allow um, opportunities to go mm-hmm. down, build, come back, take another load down. And again, all that is NASA driven. So NASA is building that gateway. And again, I imagine that will still be open for access. Um, you know, if they needed something with, with mm-hmm. SpaceX in conjunction. But that's the idea of gateway. Thank you for asking that question. Again, I'm saying all this stuff and I'm glad you're asking. I know our listeners appreciate that as well. Yeah, and no, it's it's something that I actually think is a phenomenal idea. And I, you know, knowing that, you know, having the International Space Station, having the Gateway Station, um, it's it's I I think that space stations are just a, a phenomenal thing for us to have, especially if we're gonna have it that close to the moon, we can go up and down and bring the stuff. We can go between the space station and uh, the International Space Station and and Gateway, and and there's so much more opportunities because they could send stuff to the space station, then send it to Gateway, and then Gateway could send it down to the moon. And and you know I know Elon Musk isn't driven at that right now; he's more driven towards Mars. But that's something he should consider getting into because he could also colonize the moon and then you know colonize mars and we could have two interplanetary you know colonizations going on at the same time and you know i mean i'm not telling the guy what to do but that that would be great because you know multi-planetary uh things has been talked about for years and i know that's before our time they were talking about colonizing and stuff and now we're we're you know you're 33 i'm 30 and um now we actually foresee and actually can see that happening like that's actually on the rise it's going to happen like i i I, maybe not like you said maybe 2025 um 2026 2027 but it's going to happen and it will happen in our lifetime and and you know that's that's insane to think that and like technology and and overall it's like phones and computers and stuff all this stuff has happened in my lifetime and and now seeing elon musk who is a pioneer i i I like to call him a pioneer and i I know you probably agree with this but he's a pioneer of his time and there has been some naysayers as far as space goes with him but let me tell you what the man has done it and he's done it well and and i continually see his growth expanding and you know let's talk about blue origin for a second blue origin i think that's the one that's owned by jeff bezos if i'm correct that's correct Um, I got to feel this is going to be a part three conversation after this podcast, oh, but we'll touch it real quick. Yeah, it is. We're on our time, but we're still going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little bit over for a second. Blue Origin hasn't really shown much strides. I haven't seen anything in the news. I haven't seen much going on. You know, all of a sudden SpaceX is number one. All you see is SpaceX. You don't see Blue Origin. You don't see Virgin. You don't see any of that. But Blue or SpaceX is constantly in the news, constantly on my feeds it's all over my feeds i never hear a thing about blue origin so it's like when you talk when someone's like blue origin i'm like what's that and i'm like oh wait that's the space company that jeff bezos on you know it's not widely known 
And, uh, you know, when you see, like, I've actually been before this episode, I've been actually viewing, uh, the starship and stuff and getting prepped for this episode. I'm just like, wow, this is so cool. And there's stuff that you're even telling me now that I didn't even know that I didn't even look for, but it's stuff like that. It's like, you know, but what about, you know, even though some of it's NASA, it's like, but what about, you know, blue origin? They haven't really shown much progress, but you look at Elon Musk's record and he's got, he sent people to the space station. He has done multiple launches that have, have been very successful. Um, so yeah, as far as that goes, uh, I think, you know, SpaceX is going to be the company that's going to be our future as far as space travel. And I know you can agree with this. I absolutely do. And I, I'll make this one comment. I, I would definitely say that SpaceX is making the most strides. Um, mm -hmm. You do see progress coming from Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic. The The essential part of those companies, though, is it does provide a little bit of competition to, to SpaceX. And I do think mm -hmm. that is what has really helped our new age space race is you have a lot of commercial entities. So I, I am sure that mm -hmm. regardless, Elon would dominate because it's Elon, but having a little bit of competition in the mix, I think mm -hmm. that helps too. And who knows, you might see these other engineers, individuals develop something new. Um, a lot of them I think are trying to mimic some of the technologies that SpaceX has, but you never know. You got great minds, you mm -hmm. got great people. Um, and I'm definitely excited to see what they're going to come up with. Um, as we bring this in for a landing, I do want to comment to our viewers real quick. Um, Joel, you made a good point about uh, questions. Um, if you're listening to this and you have questions that you would like me to answer, feel free to reach out to me. You can direct message me on Instagram. Uh, my handle there is jsimnow. That's J-A-Y-S-I-M-N-O-W. jsimnow. Um, feel free to reach out to okay. me. I'll be happy to answer any questions actually, you got. Can you text that? Yeah, could you text that to me before after the show's over, and I will put that in the show notes so people can actually click your handle um, and or have it available. But yes, definitely reach out to Justin. He has more. I will, don't reach out to me. Reach out to Justin because he has more answers for you than I can ever give you. Um, but Justin, I actually, when you said part three, I actually do think there's so much more to talk about, and I, I, I actually am booked a solid the rest of this month. So let's in April. Let's get you back on as, as much as we can uh, to discuss because I know that my viewers are actually enjoying listening about SpaceX. I've had some people remarkably come up to me and be like, oh, my goodness, like there is so much I learned. I feel so educated now. And that's the point of this podcast. For those who are just tuning in, I know we're over our time, but I really don't care at this point because it's it's such an informative show. I try to make it as informative as possible. But um, I try and make the show informative so people can learn. People can get information and and for those who don't know dr eric cole who is going on my show uh in the next few uh, april 1st i think it is i have on my calendar april 1st um he'll be going on my show to discuss cybersecurity, and and he's a big name in the cybersecurity world he has been everywhere and anywhere so for those who don't know please tune in on april 1st to listen to that and as well as tuning in Overall, subscribe on YouTube because we get some. I put some of my interviews uh, on YouTube so you can listen on YouTube, uh, listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, there's so many great guests coming on the next few weeks. Um, I'm having um, Charlene Ariche is coming back on to discuss her rest of her modeling career and being an influencer. There's just so many great guests, so please tune in. Uh, please check it out. Uh, I, I enjoy having people comment and, and send me messages and tell me how much the show means to them because they're learning so much. Uh, but there's so many entrepreneurs that are coming on the next few weeks and months um, that are going to definitely give you a broader horizon of what, what being an entrepreneur and, and being a influencer and just some information that like, like Justin. Justin comes on and shares about SpaceX. So there's going to be a lot of guests 
guests like Justin that are just going to share information. So tune in. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Justin, thank you so much for joining us. I really can't wait to get you on the show again. Uh, I can't wait to hear the reviews and the comments I get from the show. Um, so thanks again, Justin, for tuning in. Appreciate you having me, Joel. Looking forward to next time. Thank you so much.